He's worthy today. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. I want to do this. We've done this every service, and I believe it will be appropriate uh, to do it in this service as the choir finds their place. Most everybody in here knows about the tragedy in Connecticut. Uh, just a senseless, senseless uh, situation that's hard to comprehend. But I have a God who can do the impossible. You know, human words really wouldn't be enough to minister to these families. But God's supernatural peace and touch can, can do far beyond what we could ever do. The Bible says that when we face difficulty, pray. When we face heartache, pray. When we face sickness, pray. When we're in distress, pray. So I want to ask all those that will, if you'll help me and just find a place in this altar, I'm going to pray for the mamas. I'm going to pray for the daddies. I'm going to pray for the families and the grandparents and the, and the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and the Hey, we need, to pray, we need to pray for the police force that has to go into this building and, and decipher and find evidence and clues and try to figure all this mess out. Listen, the, 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 the workers that are having to go in and come in after this tragedy, I want to pray for them all. I want to pray for God to touch them. I want to pray that God will help them. I want to pray that God will move in such a way that it's obvious that He done it. Just pray to him, children. Just, just tell him how you feel. Just tell him, share with him how you feel. If you're upset, tell him. If you're mad, tell him. If, if you're confused, tell him right now. He knows our heart. The Bible says to cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Father, we come to you. Lord, confused and Lord, having a hard time conceiving how this could even take place and understand how this could even happen. God, these little babies and children and Lord, not just here, but in China, the same thing happened in China. Or some crazy person went in and slashed a bunch of kids. God, this world is in a mess. This world is full of turmoil. This world is full of difficulty. This world... It's full of wickedness and evil. God, we know that you're the Prince of Peace. God, we ask you now to cover that city. We ask you now to come into this community and cover them with your love. Cover them with your care. Cover them with your arms and wrap them up tight. Lord, let them feel your peace. Let them feel your comfort. Lord, you said that you have a peace that passeth all men's understanding. Now, God, this community, these parents, these mothers, these fathers, these grandparents, Lord, these family members, these friends, these relatives and the, the police force and the ambulance and the EMS workers, they're going to need something special. They're going to need something supernatural. They're going to need something beyond our human ability to accomplish. They need your touch. They need you. They need your presence. They need your help. 
Now, God, be the rest of our country. Lord, our country's going to hell 100 miles an hour. God, help us to stand and preach truth. Help us to proclaim the gospel in such a way that, Lord, we turn this nation around. God, I pray that we won't get so caught up in a political agenda that we forgot and forget that there is a nation who needs Jesus. God, I pray that your will be done. Be with our leadership. Be with our, our, our families. Lord, be with those families of those that were shot in Birmingham. The police officer in Oxford. God, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I pray that your will be done today. We love you this morning, and we thank you for your touch. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we ask for your help. Jesus' name, we ask for your touch and your anointing this morning. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen and amen. And all God's people said, and all God's people said, amen. I want you to stand to your feet, if you will. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1, we're going to read just a few verses, and I want, to, I want to share with you a thought that God gave me. God is so good, He's so wise, and He is so right. I'll be honest, I had something else I wanted to do. I had something else I was working on, and, and I was pretty jacked up about it, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and Friday morning... God said, no, that's not what I want you to do. And I was, I was really kind of pouting about it, to be honest. And, and I was cutting up with some of the staff, and I said, man, I've got this. And it's just, it's just not what God wants to do. And in just a few minutes, in just a few minutes, God gave me what I needed to say today. Now, not long after that, we come back to the church and we found out about the situation in Connecticut. And boy, I sit and think how, how wise God is and how much bigger than we are God is. And God knows what we need. The first two points are going to be kind of a review and, and, and I shared a little bit about this in October, but I found out in college, if you want people to remember something, you got to remind them every 21 days. In my life, it's every 21 minutes, amen? But uh, this will be a type of review, the first two points, but then the second two is where I really want to hunker down and, and, and help you with, but they all go together, so I just was going to throw that in there. Amen, church? Amen, church? If you're here for the very first time, we are glad to have you, and we, and we are so thankful that you're here in the rain, sleet, or snow, you're here. It's a miracle to have church members here, much less visitors, amen. Uh, uh, you, know, we, you know what a Baptist blizzard is? Baptist blizzard, three flakes, amen. That's a Baptist blizzard. 
And uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. But if you are here for the very first time and you filled out one of those prayer cards, we'd like to take them up. If you'll hold them up real high, we're going to take them up real quickly and pick them up. I think we had some in the back there. Uh, church, let's give uh, God praise for all our first-timers today. Let them know how glad you are they're here. Amen? Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18. Verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Say it with me. God with us. Say it again. Say it again. Father, thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for meeting our needs. Thank you, Lord, for touching and helping and moving and blessing and God, I pray that you'll move in this message, move in this service. You know what we need. You know what I need. Help me, help them, help them to help me. Help us to help each other today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Ye shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning or interpreted, God with us. I know, I know that the point of that statement uh, is that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I, I, I know that that means God in his deity took upon humanity to be for us what he needed for us to be. I know that means that God, Jesus, the Prince of Heaven, the Son of God came to this earth and took upon a human form so that he could be the sacrifice, so he could be the substitute, so he could be the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. But I want to submit to you this morning, I think it's further than that. I think it is more than that. I think it goes beyond just knowing that he came in human form and in human flesh. I believe God wants us to know a truth that he is with us. Say amen. The psalmist said it well. I love, I love the psalmist when he said, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. He says, I don't care what I face when I get there. You're with me. I don't care what I go through when I get there because you're with me. I'm not afraid of what might happen. I'm not afraid of what I might face because you are with me. He reaffirmed that promise when he said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee. I don't care what you go through in life. I don't care what you face in life. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. When you're in trouble, I'll be with you. When you're in good shape, I'll be with you. When you no matter what you go through, I am with thee. Say amen. 
There's so many times and so many places that I, I wish I could go to and wish I could share, but for the sake of time, let's concentrate on four uh, places and four situations, if you will, that Jesus was with his people. I know, I know that, 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 that there's so many more that we could discuss, but let's look at this. Number one, number one, I want you to see this. Uh, Jesus is with us. God is with us in our discouragement. Say that with me. In our discouragement. How many of y'all have ever been discouraged today? Discouragement is real. I'm telling you, it is real. You say, well, what, what, what are you talking about scripturally? Uh, there was a man by the name of John Baptist. How many of y'all have ever heard of him? John Baptist. He came out of the wilderness preaching the gospel. He came as a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came in the power and in the spirit of Elijah. In other words, he came in the New Testament with the power of the greatest Old Testament prophet there ever was. And the Bible even went as far as to say this, that he was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. This was a man of God with the touch of God who knew about the Word of God. And he was preaching in the wilderness and said, you better get right, you better repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent because the Savior's on the way. And they begin to question him and say, art thou he? that should come? Art thou the Messiah? Are you the one that is the promised one? He said, oh, no, 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 no. I am not him. I am just a forerunner. I'm not him, but he's on the way. I am not him. I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. And he was preaching and having the time. And here comes Jesus coming down the riverbank. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He comes and is baptized. Y'all know the story. I'm going to save time. Y'all know the story. He baptized Jesus. Jesus said, I need you to baptize me. John Baptist said, oh, no, I need to be baptized of you. He knew who he was talking to. He recognized who he was talking to. He knew that this was the Messiah. But he, he listen, he did what Jesus commanded him to do. He baptized him. And now a uh, little time goes by, and Jesus, is, his ministry's going wide open. His, his ministry is in full gear and way, listen, it's going wide open. And now John Baptist is in prison. He's in a place of confinement. He's in a place where he can't fix the situation. He's in a place where he can't change his situation. And now all of a sudden, all he's done his right, his whole life, all he's done is right his whole life, and now he sits in prison. And he gets word that Jesus is ministering. And he gets word, and you say, what happened? Jesus didn't operate like John thought he would operate. You see, John came and preached hell, fire, and brimstone. He even called people a bunch of snakes and a generation of vipers. That means you're a viper, your daddy's a viper, your grandpappy's a viper. You come from a long line of vipers. Say amen. He wouldn't make it in today's service. Amen. He was bad to the bone. I'm talking about preaching it down. And, 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 and then here he hears word that Jesus sees a woman caught in the very act of adultery. I'm talking about caught in the act of adultery. And this is what he says. Woman, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I thought he was going to baptize in fire. I thought... 
ask you a question. Any of y'all ever got discouraged when God turned left and you thought he was going to turn right? How many of y'all ever got discouraged when you prayed that he'd go up and he went down? Come on now. Y'all better get with me. I know who I'm preaching to. You can take the halos down. How many times has God just done something different than you thought he was going to do? God, I thought you was going to fix this situation. I thought that you, and it just gets you discouraged. I mean, to the point, he said, do I need to look for somebody else? Discouragement will cause you to look for another church. Discouragement will cause you to look for another spouse. Don't. Don't do that because that other one's going to be just as bad as the one you got. It's cheaper to keep her. Say amen. Ain't no sense in looking nowhere else. Discouragement will cause you to say things you normally wouldn't say. What are you talking about? I'm saying this. John baptized him and said, this is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He saw the sign from heaven. He saw the dove descend from heaven. Listen, the Spirit descend from heaven. That's the form of a dove and light upon. He had it all. But now in the moment of discouragement, he said, you know, I don't don't know if this this is who we're supposed to be following to begin with. And he sends messengers to Jesus. He said, are you sure you're him? Now, we ain't never said it. Now, I'm going to just teach this morning. I'm about to lose my voice, and I'm going to bring a rocking chair out here. Say amen right there. But let's just talk this morning. Let's just teach this morning. Uh, You may have never said this or articulated it or or even wrote it down, but you thought it. uh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or not. This whole church thing, is it really... But see, Jesus is so cool. He understands. I'm glad when nobody understands me, he does. When nobody understands my discouragement and my depression and nobody understands my feeling and what I'm going through, he does. Because he didn't criticize him. He didn't run him down. He didn't say, are you serious? I mean, I touched you in your, and when you were still in the womb and, and, and I gave you all them signs and you're doubting me. He didn't do all that. He just touched a blind man, healed him, said, go show John this. He touched a lame man, healed him, said, go show John this. He went around healing people and said, now look, go make sure you show John what you saw. Tell him everything's going to be okay. You know what he was basically saying? This is, this is what he was saying. It's not written there, but I know it, it was. Uh, John, don't sweat it. Because I am, come on, some of y'all pick it up. I am, I am, I'm with you, buddy. You know, there's nothing like hearing from a friend. Look, I'm with you. I'm with you. He even bragged on it. When as they were leaving, the Bible says he turned, looked at that crowd, and said, Let me tell you something. There ain't nobody ever been born as good as that man you just heard about. No man's born a woman greater than John the Baptist. Amen. 
I'm glad that Jesus is with us in our discouragement. Then number two, Jesus is with us in our distress. Say that with me. In our our distress. I, I read the Bible, and it, and I love I love stories in the Bible because I have ADHD, DDDF, F and G, ABC, DFG. I, I got it all. Amen. I've got I've got everything. And I, I, I can't remember nothing. I'm telling you, my, my attention span, I can be just talking to you, and then my mind thinks about something, and, and here we go, and, and Tammy gets on to me all the time, and if I've done that to you, I apologize a thousand pardons. I, it's just me. I can't help it. I, I need medicine. Amen? But, but I love reading the stories because they capture my attention, and I, and I love getting in detail with them because if you use your imagination, it helps you understand a little more what went on. And, and, and here's the story of Jesus in a storm. And Jesus and his disciples, and, and in Mark chapter 4, just go home and read it. Trust me, it's there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you to God's fact. You can take the CD and go home and, and follow it with your Bible. But this is what happened. Jesus said, Jesus told his disciples they were ministering here, and now they're at the seashore. And this is what he says, let us go to the other side. In other words, he invited them to get in the boat and go to the other side. This was Jesus' idea. What happened when they got out in that, that water? Say it. Say it. Whose idea was it to go in the storm? What's the point? The point is this. If you watch TV enough, and if you go to enough liberal churches, you will hear so much preaching that says that if you're right with God, everything's going to be great. And if you have faith, you won't have any problems. God, I must not have any. Because I have problems all the time. I tell you what's wrong with these people that's saying that stuff. They ain't got no sense. And they don't have a Bible either. Because my Bible told me about a lot of good people and righteous people and holy people that had problems. How about Job? How about Paul? Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was stoned and left for dead. Hey, listen, he was beat with sticks. The man had problems. But people are saying today, oh, if you just have enough faith, everything's going to be great. You'll be delivered and great. Go to the next level and, you know. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says when you start following Jesus, you're going to go into a storm. It's funny. I've had people even tell me this because I felt this, and I've, 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 I've just been in church my whole life, so I was really afraid to say it. But I've had, I've had people say, Preacher, dear God, I was better off when I was lost. Now, now, what they're, what they're meaning by that, they're not really better off, that they just had less problems before they were saved. Because when you get saved, then you become an enemy to the devil, and, and now you're a threat to him, so here we go. And the point they're trying to say, man, since I got saved, it seems like everything's just gone crazy in my life. Well, when you follow the Lord, sometimes he'll lead you into a storm, a distressful situation. Here, here's, here, 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 here's the deal. And have you ever felt like this? I know you've never said it, never articulated it, and never, never, never come out and really admitted this. But how many have ever been in a storm, in a situation in your life, and you felt like Jesus didn't care? 
they did. Here's what they said. Don't you care? We're going to die. He's asleep. He's in the boat, and he's asleep. It's raining. It's storming. It's, it, they're, gonna, they, they're, they're scared to death, and they're going to die. They go, don't you, don't, don't you care? We're going to die, man. Here's what the King James says. Carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? I'll be honest with you. I felt that sometimes. Here's what I felt. God, I'm paying my tithe. I'm going to church. I'm being as faithful as I can. I try to love people every now and then. You know, I'm holding my tongue the best I can, and I'm not running people off the road and road rage. And, I, and it seems like every crazy thing happens to me. And this fool out here that's doing all the wrong and raising Cain and rappers is just cussing you and blaspheming you and drugging it up and, and being immoral and they got mansions and Mercedes and everything else. Really? I know. Y'all way too good to think stuff like that. But sometimes in, when you're in distress, well, we'll say some stuff. We'll think some stuff. But the Bible said Jesus arose. And he rebuked the storm. And calmed the sea. This is what he said. Why, why are you afraid? Why, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? Let me translate that. It's all right, guys. I know you don't understand what's going on. I know, I know you don't. But it's okay because I am. You have no reason to be afraid because I am. I don't care how bad the storm gets. It's going to be okay because I am. I'm with you. He's with us in our discouragement. He's with us in our distress. And then God gave me this one after the deal with Connecticut. This one wasn't even in the original. I added this to the, to the deal. He's with us in our despair. Our despair. Jesus in another story. Jesus in another story. He had some friends that he really liked. He loved. He had some friends named Mary, Martha, and... Lazarus. And and just so you know, it's in John 11. If you're writing that down and thinking I'm lying, it's in John 11. Go, go read it later. But Jesus is ministering. He's doing his thing. <clears throat> and um, he's just, he's just, and matter of fact, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, every time he was in their town uh, going through in his ministry, he would stay with them. They would, they would feed him and put him up and everything. And, and they, they just, they were really close. And, uh, and here he is, here he is doing his ministry and doing his thing. Well, messengers come up, <clears throat> and this is what they say. Hey, man, you need to, you need to come quick because Lazarus is sick. I mean, I'm telling you, man, he's going to die. He don't just have a cough, and he don't just have the cold. He is, he, he's going to die. If you don't do something, he's going to die. Now, 
Now, now go home and read it. Now watch, this is what it says. This is really intriguing. Before he tells them what Jesus did, the writer, before the writer tells them what Jesus did, he says, and it's like this, it's like he's doing this. Now, before I tell you how Jesus responded, you got to know something. Before I tell you what Jesus did, you really need to know something because what he did ain't going to make no sense. That's not really good English. What he did is not going to make any sense. What he did is not going to register. What he did is really, you're not going to really be able to comprehend what he did because it really doesn't matter. After you've seen everything else he did and touching the blind and touching the lame and, 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 and everything else he did, this is really not going to sound like it makes any sense. But just so you know, before I tell you how Jesus responded, you really need to know something. He loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. What does that mean to you, preacher? It means this. No matter how he responds to us, you need to know he loves you. Because his response might not make any sense to you. And how he responds to your prayer request might not make any sense to you. And how he responds to your tragedy and your situation and your crisis, it may not make no sense whatsoever. But know this, no matter how he responds, he loves you. Because you see, this is how he responded. This is what didn't make any sense. He didn't do anything. He just heard that one of his best friends is sick and going to die. And he's healed lame people. He's healed blind people. He's healed sick people. He's healed paralyzed people. He's done all of this stuff. And now he's got this most serious request of his whole ministry, the one closest to him, and he does nothing. He procrastinates. He don't do anything. He waits. Now do you understand why he said, before I tell you what he done, for the readers that are going to read this, you need to understand, he loved them. Are y'all with me? Isn't this intriguing? Matter of fact, he waits till Lazarus dies. He said, all right, let's go. Let's go. Here they are coming into town. Now stay with me. Stay with me. I, I, I'm, I'm storytelling, but I got a message with me. I know I'm not spitting to the third row, and I'm not. Co- but stay with me. He's coming into town, and here comes Martha. You know, Martha was kind of the, the go getter. Martha was the one that was kind of probably bossy. She was that type of person that was just, hey, come on, we've got things to do. Let's go, let's go, let's go. She, she was the, 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 the uh, administrative type. She was kind of, and I would take her to be a little bossy. She's always bossing people around. She even tried to boss Jesus around in another story, but that's another story. But, but here she is, and, and, and she's broken and upset and everything, and, and Jesus is coming into town, and, 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 and she rushes out to meet him. And she gets in his face. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you would have just been here, man, you could have done it. 
You, you, I've seen you do it. You, you, it'd be. And Jesus kind of had to straighten her out a little bit. Read it, it's there. They got into a theological discussion about who he really was. He was the resurrection and, and what was really going to take place. And it was just a real, it was a time that Jesus had to help her understand some things. Basically, Jesus kind of, not chewed her out, but Jesus kind of had to get her attention. But then we see Mary. Martha sends word to Mary because, see, Mary's at the house weeping. Mary's at the house broken. And you see, in that day, the whole community would come out and they would all just weep together. I mean, they would even, at some situations, they would even hire mourners to come mourn with them. I'm talking about this house is full of people just, in, and I'm putting this in your mind. They're weeping and they're crying and they're broken and the whole house is full of them crying. She sends word to Mary and said, look, the master has come and he calleth for thee. So she gets up crying, broken, and rushes out of the house. Well, all the rest of these mourners, they think that she's going to the grave. That's what the Bible says. So they say, hey, she's going to the grave to mourn. We need to go with her. We need to go with her. So here they all, all of them are coming together, and they're following Mary weeping and mourning and crying. Mary comes to Jesus and she just collapses at his feet and is weeping and broken and crying and what is so ironic she says the same thing her sister did but got a totally different response from Jesus Martha got in his face and got a lecture about the resurrection. Mary fell at his feet. Broken and weeping. And Jesus said. Where'd you lay him? Read your Bible. Now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm fixing to go to the grave. And tell you how he called forth Lazarus. And he come out the tomb. And he called his name and miraculously he comes out the tomb in power and healing and the, he raised the dead. Woo! Nope. He did. And that's cool. But that's not what Jesus sent me today to show you. And I mean it just like that. Jesus sent me today to tell you what I'm fixing to tell you. As cool as that situation is where he called him forth out of the grave, this is what Jesus wants you to know. When Mary came to him, broken, weeping, in despair because her brother had been dead four days, too late she's so sorrowful and here we is we have the whole crowd behind her weeping and Jesus looks up and he sees her weeping and sees all of them weeping the shortest verse in all of the Bible 
What's it say? What's it say? Jesus wasn't weeping over Lazarus. That's what they thought. That crowd that came to him, listen, weeping, and they look up and they see Jesus weeping and they say, oh, look how he loved him. They thought he was weeping because Lazarus had died. But you understand, he wasn't weeping for that because in just a few moments he would walk in that graveyard and call him back. Didn't have nothing to do with Lazarus dying. He was weeping because they was weeping. He was broken because they was broken. And this is what he was saying. I am The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we, and watch this, here it is. For we have not a high priest which cannot be, which cannot be with the what? Feelings of our infirmities. What does that mean? Jesus was just letting them know, I feel what you feel. What touches you, touches him. What breaks your heart, breaks his. He was not, he was not weeping over death. He was not weeping over a sickness. He was weeping over one of his broken children. And he was wanting them to know, I'm with you. When you weep, I weep with you. I promise you this, every single mother in Connecticut today, Jesus is weeping with them. It says we have a high priest, we have an inner intercession a, a, a priestess in heaven standing before God on our behalf he's weeping with us preacher what are you saying I'm saying this I, I don't care what you go through he's with you all the way to the graveyard he's with you preacher what do you what do, what are you saying I'm saying He's with us in our discouragement. He's with us in our distress. He's with us in our despair. But thank God, last of all, he's with us in our departure. You see, Stephen was a man of God who preached the word of God, and yet he was, he was martyred for the faith. They took him out of the city, and they began to stone him and throw stones upon him. Acts chapter number 7 and the Bible says that as the stones begin to hit him and as, as, as he began to bleed and be cut and bruised and he began to lose consciousness, the Bible says that he looked up and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And everywhere else in the Bible you find him in the New Testament after the ascension, he's sitting at the right hand. But when it comes to one of his children leaving this earth, he's standing. Paul said it this way, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Preacher, I'm afraid to die. Not me. 
I don't want to. I'd just soon hang around a little while. But if it comes my time, I'm not afraid. Why are you not afraid? Because he said, before you go, I want you to know I am. He's going to hold my hand all the way across to the other side. Ye shall call his name Emmanuel. God with He's with us in our discouragement. He's with us in our distress. He's with us in our despair. And he's with us in our departure. Ladies and gentlemen, as crazy as this week's been, I want you to leave this building today knowing he's with you. Don't be afraid. I've had people say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with our kids? We can't send our kids to school. Let's don't live that way. If we was going to do that, we'd have to shut the doors and not ever come out in public because there's been church shootings too. Can't do that. We can't live in fear. God doesn't want us to live in fear. Let's ban all the guns. Then they're going to get a knife. Listen, Cain killed Abel and he didn't even have a gun. It's not about all that. Let's don't get political and all that stuff. Here's the point. Let's trust God. I think we need to be careful. I think we need to take precautions. That's why we have a security team. I'm I'm not against all of that. I think everybody ought to be armed. The only thing that's going to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That's That's not even in the deal. All I'm telling you today is don't live in fear. Don't live in in anxiety. Don't live in a way because God doesn't want you living that way. You're going to face storms in your life. You're going to face discouragement in your life. You're going to face situations in your life you can't figure out and you can't understand. And God said, don't worry. I am. How many of y'all are glad God's with us? Let's give him praise. Amen.